What's up, Internet? Cyberpunk 2077 and Tomb Raider are facing delays. And Assassin's Creed is coming to Netflix. My name's David Webb. I'm Ariel Edwards. We get nerdy nightly. And we thought we'd share it with you. No! It's not working. <laughs> got there in the end <laughs> it was supposed to be so cool i know it's because the like the the tv is just a cuts off the, mm -hmm. the the sources just a little bit so you know we're working it out it's all it's we're fine-tuning it y'all we're, we're growing we're improving you can edit out the delay no we'll keep the delay in it's hilarious it's yeah comedy <laughs> welcome to another morning show the nightly morning show here on twitch.tv slash nerdy nightly Thank you so much for joining us. If you're live, if you're not live, we do stream this show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Twitch. Uh, and you can watch it later if you miss part of the show or if you miss an episode on YouTube or you can download it wherever podcasts are downloaded. We're talking Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Breaker. That's the, that's, the, that's the one I should mention first because that's where most of our listeners actually download it. I um, got you. Yeah, our, uh, <laughs> I was looking at our, like, analytics on Anchor oh, yeah. uh, yesterday, and it's very interesting. Oh, is it? Yeah, we there's, like, some person in the Isle of Man, which is a country I know nothing about, who has downloaded, like, every episode of our podcast, and I think is a big fan, uh, wow. which is fun. That's nice. Um, so to that one person in the Isle of Man, uh, reach out. How did you find us? Say hi. Yeah, I, I would love to know. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um... So, we are here to talk about the nerdy news, because that's what we do on the show. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot of news today. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. It was funny, yesterday we were like, you know, there wasn't a ton of, of news. And then today it's like, all the news. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> and a lot of this dropped yesterday, just because of when we filmed this. It's like, here's the thing about doing a show at 10 a.m. Eastern. All of the news drops at 11 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We just miss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. We're... We're, we're working with it here. Um, what should we start with? Well, you know what? Let's let's start with the title this time. We didn't start with the title yesterday, so let's let's switch things switch up. Switch it up. Um, I love it. And I, because I, I want to get into this. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, mm -hmm. a video game by CD Projekt Red, the company that made Witcher 3 Wild Hunt mm -hmm. and the other Witcher games. Uh, one of uh, Witcher 3 is one of my favorite games of all time. I know uh, a lot of our people are fans of it as well. It's Yeah. And I've just started dabbling in it. Great game if you haven't tried it. Their long-awaited um, uh, sequel game, weirdly, uh, the, the, the Cyberpunk 2077 is technically, I believe, technically, a sequel to Cyberpunk the role-playing game. The, it's like a a D&D tabletop game. Um, started oh. first. And so Cyberpunk 2077 is like the continuation of that world, which is very cool to me. The fact that it started with like a dice and um, pen and paper game. Yeah. But the, the long-awaited Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed a third time. Um, it was originally supposed to come yeah. out in April of this year, and then September, and then October, or sorry, and then November, and now uh, December 10th is our new date. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and people are not happy. No, they're not. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, we are sad. You know, it, that's, it's unfortunate. I'm actually not. Well, I would, yeah, I was kind of thinking about this, because if we were, we're for not getting a PlayStation right away. <laughs> well, no, I, I would actually buy Cyberpunk probably on the, on the computer. On the computer. But here's, here, here was what me and my chat discovered yesterday. I am very excited for two games this fall. Mm. I'm very excited <laughs> to play Valhalla and Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. And originally, they were supposed to come out, or not originally, originally they were supposed to be out for months now and yeah, I should yeah. have already beaten them. <laughs> but the, the, the dates that we were holding to for the next gen release, this November date, um, I believe it was the 15th and the 17th, mm -hmm. those two dates are two days apart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Those dates are two days apart. Which means that you have to choose. And they are both 100-hour games. Yeah. I did not have a way to play through these games if they were two days apart. So now, the movement of Cyberpunk actually opens things up for me. Yeah. Now you can focus on Valhalla. Yeah, I can jump. Y'all, my, my Twitch stream is going to be Vikings, 
Vikings, Vikings for a little bit after that game comes out because I'm a yeah. Assassin's Creed Odyssey stole my life from me. Yeah, I did not see David for like days at a time. I'm amazed considering Assassin's Creed Odyssey that you and I got married. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, okay, all right. I, well, I no, I mean, I'm amazed you stayed with me through my deep, deep obsession with that game. I mean, you've been here through Subnautica, so. Yeah, but that was after we got married. Like, I don't That's have a choice. True. That's true. Um, if that had been pre-marriage, who knows what would have happened. Um, I I think All that... Right. Um, <laughs> I, know, I, know. I, uh, I For me, I think that it, it moving actually really opens up my schedule to really put time into Valhalla, mm-hmm. which um, by all accounts is going to come out on its uh, first day. Yep, and as then as we know. put my time into uh, Cyberpunk at a later date. Yep. Yeah. No, I think for, like, for us, it actually, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> works out kind of nicely, which is good. Um, however, a lot of people are very upset about this. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so um, that there have been death threats mm-hmm. sent out, which is, like, j- <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that because it just, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, don't, like, who, yeah. who you, first of all why what's the point of that Mm -hmm. does it make you feel better okay Mm, i might consider then talking to a therapist about it as opposed to sending a death threat to somebody who's definitely not really gonna bother with it well and my my favorite part about it is that (laughs) they're like all right y'all we're pushing back three weeks yeah it's not even like six months it's like three weeks like you're gonna get your game it's going to be okay like <laughs> okay, but before we before we go too far down that road, the 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 argument that people are making is that it it is now so close to the release date mm-hmm. that like there are people who have t- who are like the, I booked my vacation week at work for this week because I was so excited to spend my time on this game. Right. And for people in that specific position, you know what? I do feel bad for you a little bit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I get that that's tough. You look forward to this for three years of development. Yeah. You're really, really excited. The trailers are incredible. You know what I mean? Like, they've sold the game so well. I'm so excited for this game. That, like, if you were like, I'm going to put 100 hours into this game in one week because my job is something where I can't typically play video games very much and I won't get to immerse myself in it, I understand being upset. I do. I actually really understand that. Yeah. Yeah. The the line between being upset and... And death threats. Threatening to kill someone who probably didn't make this choice, right? Like Oh, the- 100%. Like, th- this is not their... Like, they weren't just like, mm, you know what, let's just push it back. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> well, well, and but like, even the people who did make the choice to push it back are probably not the person that you're sending the death threats to. No. Like, you're sending the death threats to, like, the lead animator, and the lead animator isn't the guy sitting there going, guys, you know what, I know that every other part of the game works, but yeah. this tree doesn't look good, so we're not... It, it, it can't happen, yeah, I'm sorry. It's- <laughs> like... Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, um, I, I, I really don't think there's anything that can, like, condone a death threat to somebody, no. and, like, it's, it's a game. I understand, you know, like, I, I, I would be upset, I would be upset if I had taken time off work, and I was like, this is how I'm gonna spend my vacation, mm-hmm. and, like, you know what, all the power to you, if that's what you know is gonna make you happy, freaking go for it, but, like, you can't, you, you can't threaten to kill people, well, then it, it just goes to this like weird idea that people, I don't, it, it's, it's a two, it's two things, right? Like, I yeah. think that death threats on the internet don't seem as real to the person making the threat as, as they, they do, do to the person receiving it. Absolutely. And I think that because of the, because of the screen in front of you when you make that death threat, not that I would know, I've literally never threatened death on anything yeah other than like some flies and a couple of wasps um uh and i followed through on those threats but um (laughs) wow um yeah kazkill32 says if you're typing it it's not real i think people really feel that way where they're like yeah it's they're just they're just showing a a different level of anger and it's they don't see that it is very real for the person receiving that yeah also on the flip side of that the person receiving that isn't going to be like, oh, wait, they're going to threaten to kill me, so I'm going to put out a game that doesn't work. Yeah. The, <laughs> they're not going to change their minds. No, the death threat is not going to achieve anything, except 
except make someone probably feel bad or scared or like have a negative reaction mm-hmm. to getting that threat. Like you're not you're you're not you're not making a difference. You know what I mean? It's it's not going to achieve anything. Um, which is why I said, you know, it maybe that's something that makes you feel better. In which case, I suggest you talk to somebody about that because that is not healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, if you if you send people death threats over video game release windows, you cross the line. And yeah. here's the thing: you lose the moral high ground here, right? Because I yeah. think that there is an argument to be made from gamers who feel like. CD Projekt Red has kind of lied a lot about the release of this game. Right. Like, we were told that we didn't have to worry about crunch, that the developers of this game were not going to have crunch demands placed upon them. Right. Which gamers are genuinely starting to be concerned about. They People don't want to support companies that take advantage of their staffs. Yep. So, you know, gamers were told that. Then we were told that the developers were going to be forced to take crunch time. Now, you know, three weeks before release, we're told that the game's pushing back because it's not ready. Even though three weeks ago, they said that the game was gold, that it was done, that it was good to, like, you know what I mean? It's that dang tree they're trying to fix. Yeah. And so it just, like, if if you were on Twitter right now being like, hey, like, there's some shady business stuff going on with this game and I don't like it as someone who wants to like this game, I think that you have a really good argument. Like, I... Absolutely. If you're pissed about this... That's fine. Be pissed. Be upset. Write a mean tweet. Don't threaten to kill someone. Like it's 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 when you take it from hey this company of thousands of people has done this thing that their business practice is something I don't like, mm-hmm. and you take that and you boil it down to there is one person here, and I'm going to threaten to murder one person. That you're you you've lost sight of what why you're mad. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, like, you know, you have kind of, you have grounds and steam to kind of go off of, but as soon as you cross that line, it's all discredited, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Like, you can't, like, people people won't take it as seriously now. They'll be like, oh, people are just overreacting because because death threats are an overreaction. Um, yeah, I but that. yeah, like, it, the reason behind, the reasons behind people being upset are totally valid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I actually learned, we were talking about a few weeks ago, what crunch was. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not realize that that was a thing, like, that that was just a gaming thing that, like, uh, right before the game comes out, you're supposed, you're expected to, like, work 24 hours a day. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatever no, 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 no. it is. Like, you know, work overtime and... Um, you kind of don't really have that choice. And, you know, I was like... It is funny to me, though. The idea of crunch has always been funny to me because, to me, it doesn't seem like a bad thing because I my brain is so used to Tech Week that yeah. I'm like, wait, no, yeah, right before you open, you work 12-hour days. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as actors, we, we are used to um, being abused. <laughs> but actor, But, like, you know, the acting world is we work six days a week. Yeah. Like when you're in rehearsal for a show and when the, even after the show opens, like we, we have a six day a week job. We don't get a two day weekend. Um, and so it is funny sometimes when people complain about their, their jobs that I'm like, wait, you, you're complaining about like Monday to Friday. <laughs> and I'm like, what about Tuesday to Sunday? You know, it's just, it's, yeah. we, we, we have such a different world as far as like our working hours. Yeah. So we have a bit of a like skewed perception of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for someone who is, like, I want, like, I want to work that consistent schedule, like, that's, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, and you know what, maybe you go into the gaming industry and you know that that's going to be expected of you and that's fine. I, it was just something that I didn't know about that kind of everybody just does. Um, and I, I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of interesting. So I was like, oh, I, I don't love that. And, you know, the fact that Cyberpunk said that that's not going to happen and now it is happening yeah. is kind of shady. And so, but that's, my, yeah. So my point is there have been legitimate reasons to be upset about the process behind this game. Mm-hmm. It's just targeting individual people that I feel is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. These these threats don't yeah. do anything. They don't. And achieve anything yeah it just shows how toxic gaming culture can be yeah actually you know what no i take that back all, all, all cultures are like Internet this culture. though right like, like but and because like you know movies get pushed back and people get death threats television shows push back episodes people get death threats like it just seems like if people are told that they're going to get something and then they have to wait a little bit longer for it yeah. they lose their minds yeah 
It's why when you are working as a host at a restaurant mm-hmm. and t- someone asks what the weight for the table is going to be, you overestimate. Because if they leave, yeah. then it does matter. Someone else is going to come and take that table. Yeah. But if you say it's going to be 30 minutes. And it's 35. It's 35 <laughs> minutes. And like you said, 30 minutes. And you're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, you yep. you always overestimate with that kind of thing. Because people lose their minds over like five minutes of their time. I, <laughs> I got in trouble with a um, manager at a restaurant one time. Because... Um, I was I, I was at a table and he was walking behind me and the table asked me how long it took to cook this chicken dish and I overestimated by like seven minutes right okay. I was like oh it's like it's like thirty two minutes it's a twenty five minute dish and I know that it's a twenty five minute dish and he pulled me aside he's like David why would you tell them it's longer than it is and I was like because case... it's going to come out in twenty five minutes no this kitchen it oh. was going to come out in twenty five minutes and I bring it over in twenty five minutes instead of thirty two like, and I'm like no. I push the kitchen I, I know you guys have a show like um they they managed to push this one out for you yeah bigger tip every time yeah yeah no you, people love that. <laughs> you tell them it's gonna take longer and then when it comes out early oh you get like you get love for that yeah a hundred percent which you know. A little bit shady, but I love you. <laughs> no, it's not. Because, you know, if there's a fire in the kitchen and shit gets pushed back... It's true. It'll be 32 minutes. It'll be 32 minutes. You know yeah, what I mean? You're not like, wrong. You, you kind of have to... <laughs> but I've definitely done that as a hostess as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I, I was able to squeeze you guys in at this table. Um, I just cleaned it up myself. And they're like, oh, oh thank you. And you're like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I love that I'm getting some uh, some hype in the chat for lying for tips. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you this right now, everyone. If you have ever tipped a server better because of something they said it was probably a lie <laughs> yeah i had i i went and talked to the kitchen and i had them <laughs> i specifically... went and talked to the kitchen is my favorite lie you don't talk to the kitchen for those of you in the chat who have never worked at restaurants they they are run a specific <laughs> way and yeah. oh my god mm-hmm. i <laughs> the, the number of times <laughs> i've walked up tables and just straight up started to say things just, just nonsense. Not surprised at all. Uh, yeah, Chef and I just had a really long conversation in the middle of the busiest part of the night when he definitely has time for, to have a one-on-one chat with me about oh, your one sure. meal. Mm. There's 380 people sitting in the restaurant right now, but I took the chef aside to have a conversation with him right now. Yeah, although it is funny, like, um, there are things that I kind of... It's, it's one of those weird... Okay, say for example, you're serving a table and they're like, wow, this dish is like so great. You know, like, um, make sure that you tell the kitchen, like, what a, what a great job they did or whatever. And it's like 7.30 and the kitchen's like sweating, pumping out food. I'm not going to go over and be like, hey, chef, I was, table 33 over there, I just, I, I know you're busy, but I just want to let you know that they really loved the food and you're doing a great job. Chef would be like, get the fuck out of my kitchen. You know I have, me? I'm not going to lie to you. I have never once told the kitchen that a table liked the food. No, 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 me neither. <laughs> Unless it's dead. You know, if it's like 3.30 in the afternoon, there's nobody in the restaurant, and I'm like, hey, table 33, I loved it. Whatever, you know. Then, because the kitchen, they're just, they're standing there, they're waiting for the next order. Well. that That's about it. But also, if I walked into the kitchen, and I was like, hey, chef, table 30 really wanted me to say they loved the steak. The chef would be like. Of course they fucking love the steak. <laughs> great. I'm, I, we're, we're, yeah, everybody loves the steak. It's why we're busy. Like, why are you telling me this? Yeah. You're like, of course it's good. Obviously. Like, oh, uh, unfortunately we've broken <clears throat> Hammy's <throat> trust between <clears throat> him and him and his waiters. Um, Phoenix says, I love Sorry. when servers take credit for doing things the kitchen produced. You know, here, here's the thing, Phoenix. And, and, and look, this is one of the true tensions. I know this is becoming kitchen talk with um, <laughs> kitchen talk on the morning the, show. The the waiter show. Um, there is a there's a real world. There there's a real battle right between kitchens and waiters in the in restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fun battle to be a part of. Um, you're fighting so with the, the kitchen. They're fighting with you. Everyone's mad at everyone. And then it's like a kind of toxic relationship. At the end of the night, everyone gets drunk. It is it is a toxic relationship. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> Waiters, oh. waiters are the front-facing part of the company, and mm-hmm. I, I will say a lot of kitchen don't understand that like we have to lie to them because we are not representing ourselves when we're at the table. We're yeah. representing the restaurant. Yeah. So anything we're saying we produced that the kitchen produced, 
we are saying the kitchen produced it. We are just the face that has been uh, ascribed to the kitchen. Yeah. Because it's the only person they see. Yeah. On the flip side, the manager isn't the restaurant. The yeah. manager is daddy. And I, I, so like the waiter represents the kitchen and the restaurant and the manager represents daddy. And you <laughs> have to have those two things in order to like successfully navigate Karen's. That's the end of the sentence. <laughs> that, okay, that's fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing is like, you, I often find that like the kitchen and like the front of house and back of house fights are like, I don't understand the kitchen job at all. And they don't really understand the front of house job at all. And it's just, you know, you just kind of <laughs> have to agree that you're all going to do your separate thing and you're going to fight, but you're going to make it work. There is nothing I would love to see more than to see my chef try and be a waiter. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just don't call the chef daddy. Yeah, don't do that. I worked in an Italian restaurant. I won't say which one because the executive chef is still the executive chef there. But he he was Irish. Um, he was a he was a very tall, giant Irish man who could not pronounce a single Italian word. Um, <laughs> and so we had like pastas on the menu that are all like these Italian words. And he, he, he just wouldn't even try. Like, we had um, we had a chicken dish that was the... Um, or no, we had a sausage dish <laughs> that was, uh, you know, just like an Italian sausage. And he'd be like, hey, give me that chorizo. <laughs> and I couldn't... I literally couldn't be in the kitchen because I, I would just listen to him talk and I would stand in the corner, like, hysterically <laughs> crying laughter. <laughs> Fire that. lemon! I love that. Best chef I've ever worked for. Truly, truly the best chef in all of New York City, but the funniest, <laughs> the kindest, funniest human in the, on the planet. I love that we went from Cyberpunk 2077 to um, Restaurant 101. Well, well, it's interesting, right? Because like when you think about it, um, they're industries, they're service industries. Yeah. And so, you know, Cyberpunk 2077 is a video game. Let's get back to nerdy news, y'all. That's what the show's about. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is a is in the service industry of providing an mm -hmm. experience. And it's not different from restaurant work. So I'm not surprised that like when we see these developers dealing with this, our lens for um, understanding what they're going through is that the, the, the service industry aspects that we've done, yeah. um, which is, you know, this, so we're drawing parallels between those two things because, you know, I've been in the position where I've had a woman sympathize. like holding a knife up, screaming at me in a restaurant. And it's yeah. like, Ma'am, I'm sorry that they're. I'm sorry they put capers on your chicken. Like I, I, I wrote on the thing no capers. They did it anyway. They're making ninety-seven thousand chickens. I'll get you another chicken. It takes two yeah. minutes. Like whatever. Um, um, it's just tough. Yeah. Um, but you know, and Cyberpunk is in this is in the same kind of service industry. Yes. But they're in it for probably fifteen million. I'm I'm willing to bet uh, they're going to launch with fifteen million copies sold. Yeah. Ish between yeah. the five consoles. It's like. It's like restaurant work on a much larger scale. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, you're just dealing with more Karens. Um, yeah. Not that, Essentially. Not that that stereotype of humanity is playing Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> they would be very triggered by when you start, when you boot the game up and they're like, yes, which of these two penises would you like your character to have? I cannot wait. I but cannot there's only wait. one vagina. It's bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's straight up lie. I'm sorry. They look different, y'all. I'm just saying. How do you know? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. We've we've talked this one yep. for <laughs> twenty three minutes. That was good chat. Good chat. <laughs> uh man. Uh the the other thing that got delayed was um the sequel to the latest uh I need to not watch this in my office. Probably Mella. Probably. Uh, the sequel to the latest Tomb Raider movie, the one starring Alicia Vikander, mm -hmm. who my wife looks like. Um uh, I think you look like her. Sure, I'll take um, it. The, the, the newest... Sorry, the sequel to that movie has been officially delayed. Um, this coming yeah. just a couple of days after the director of that movie, Ben Wheatley, said that um, the movie was dealing with COVID issues. Mm. Um, and so it is, it's interesting to see another... We, you know, we have another property that is trying to figure out how to make its movie in a pandemic yeah and i know we've talked about pandemic um affecting production a lot on the show but i did want to talk about this one because it's interesting for a film like tomb raider that can't 
you can't really film a Tomb Raider movie in a, a studio, right? You can't film it mm-hmm. in a location. It's the kind of film that needs to be, like, you need to go places. And you need yes. to go to different places. Yeah. And um, it made me think about Spider-Man starting production, which we talked about yesterday. Mm-hmm. Or two days ago? Um, two days ago. The... You know, a Spider-Man movie typically films in a bunch of locations. It has to move around. You have to move your crew around. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if these films that we're seeing right now are going to struggle to tell stories the way that we have in the recent filmography. Yeah. Because you're kind of locked to a single position, uh, a single location. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, I just, I think it's interesting, right? Because, you know, Spider-Man is filming in Atlanta right now. Um, <clears throat> Spider-Man 3 years. Yeah. And you, you have to imagine that some of this movie is going to be filmed in New York. It's, it's a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to film it all on sets. You're going to want some New York shots. But the process of moving the production to New York, the, the, you know, with quarantines and, you know... It's a lot more complicated now. 100%, yeah. Yeah. And, I like, I couldn't even... I, I wouldn't even know where to start with what those procedures would be mm-hmm. with something like this. I mean, I'm sure that they have, like, you know, they have a team of people working on it. Yeah. But, like, you would have to coordinate either, like, private travel for everybody that's already, like, in the bubble. Or you would have to all quarantine for two weeks before you could even start filming again. Like, it's just... That sounds like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I... I I would, I'd be interested to know what those guidelines are, but yeah, for something like Tomb Raider that has to shoot <clears throat> all over the place, yeah, um, I can't, I really honestly can't even imagine the kind of like struggles that they're dealing with. Like, I feel like I would only be able to scratch the surface. Yeah. And uh, here's the thing, like, even if you were to travel everyone together, you still, because you're crossing those state lines, you would still have to quarantine when you get to New York. So yeah. you're adding, you know, it adds two weeks of your entire cast and crew being stuck in hotels. Yeah. And, you know, you, you really do, you know, especially with like a Spider-Man movie, like you need crowds, you need extras. A Spider-Man movie without people yeah. in the background would feel like an independent film. You know, a it, lot of yeah, people like, talk about independent films when they're like, oh, they clearly didn't have very much money and you can tell because they don't have extras. Yeah. And that's like sure. the first indication when watching a film that's like <clears throat> under a $5 million budget that you're like, oh, like they're that same five people are behind both characters on either side. Yeah. <laughs> They're just very different clothes. Yeah. Um, it's a way to, you know, you just can't afford to have a bunch of people on set. Whereas, yeah. you know, I worked on both Amazing Spider-Man movies when I was living in New York as an extra. And we shot, there was a night, we shot overnight um, in Midtown, just running from the lizard. And there were 450 people on set. Yeah. Um, and when we were in holding, which is uh, for... for when you're working on a movie set, um, typically, like, the stars have a trailer, but for anyone who doesn't have a trailer, there's usually, like, a room somewhere that they call holding where you stay between shoots. Yeah. And when Until you're in holding, you. <laughs> there's there's 30 people at each table, you know, sharing from the same coffee jar. You know, it, it, there's no way for those to be socially distant. Yeah, you cannot keep... Yeah, yeah. Everyone is definitely in close, close quarters at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... <sighs> Yeah, that's going to be tough. And it's just really bad timing right now with the the cooler weather and the spikes of cases all over the place. So uh, now now that we're talking about it, I'm really not surprised that they're pushing back. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, and, you know, there's also the element of it, right, that is... um, You know, we've we've started to see trailers for... um, we, we actually have cable. I have never had cable as an yeah, adult. Yeah, neither of us have ever, like, had... It just came with our apartment, which yeah. is weird, because we, like, sometimes watch real TV for the first time in yeah. our lives <laughs> as, as adults since we left home. It's and, really strange. Um, there, we're, I'm seeing trailers for, like, the upcoming episodes of television that are new, that have been filmed since COVID, and it's very striking to me how far apart everyone is in scenes. Yeah. Like, The Good Doctor, we keep seeing... We've been watching a lot of House... And so we keep getting ads for the good so doctor. So we keep seeing ads for the good doctor. And they, the, there's characters in the show wearing masks. And there's always, like, there's this one shot in the trailer that's very striking to me of people, like, having a conversation through a door. And I'm like, oh, yeah, in COVID times, like, they're literally trying to find ways to film their cast not hanging out. And yeah. so there's an episode 
that from the trailer, it looks like the good doctor goes into quarantine from being exposed to COVID. Yeah. And I was like, that's very prescient, you know, you're talking, or very topical, you're talking about what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. But also, if your character has to be in quarantine, no one else has to be in the room with him while you're filming. Yeah. So it's just a weird, like, I think that we're going to start seeing COVID media. Yeah. And I think that when we look back, the things that come out in the next year, maybe even year and a half, I think that, like, CinemaSins or, you know, film theory or these companies, when we analyze films from this certain little period of time mm -hmm. or television shows, we're going to, there's going to be a name for it. And it's going to yeah. be like COVID media or like Corona, Corona film or something. Yeah. And it's going to be those movies where you can tell that like there was socially distant things going on on set because yeah. people are weirdly apart. Like maybe in like 50 years in like film school... You'll have to, like, watch these movies or shows and be like, which one, like, which of these were filmed during the, like, COVID media times? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, the test. Yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be your test. Well, <laughs> you know, because, like, honestly, having an eye for that kind of thing is <clears throat> very important to creating film. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just interesting to, like, see in the middle of it. Yeah, um, 100%. And, uh, I don't know, I, I'm just so excited for it to be... Over. It's also weird to me how not weird it is to see people on television wearing masks. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm I'm yeah. so used to it now. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Of course they're wearing masks. They're in a hospital. Everyone should be wearing masks in hospitals. Why are why why? The, look, I don't think we're gonna keep masks everywhere indoors once we kind of get past this. Yeah. But why were we not wearing masks in hospitals before this? Why didn't everyone who walked into the... Why wasn't everyone in the waiting room? None of you know what you have yet. Yeah. Why don't you all have masks on? Because for filming purposes, faces look better. No, no. I mean in real life. Oh. Why did we go into waiting rooms well, no, at the what? hospital? We, we went to the hospital, right? Yeah. And we were like, hello, I am sick and I don't know what I have. And they went, okay, go sit next to that person who's also sick and doesn't know what they have. No. That was a thing. And now I'm like, no, never again. No, in, in Toronto at least, if you go to, like, I haven't ever, I haven't really been to like the hospital waiting room, but like you go into the clinic and they have a list of, they, they like, do you have any of these symptoms? And if you do, they give you a mask. I know, I know, but even if you don't have those symptoms, you still don't know what you have. Yeah. Like, no one, no one walking into the waiting room already knows what they have. They're going there because they don't yet know. Put a mask on. Why Why was this ever a thing? I mean, unless you're there for, like, a sprained ankle or it something. It blows my mind. Yeah? Yes, but, yes, but everyone around you is also sick. No, I'm saying that everyone should have right. had a mask on. Right. Like, I get yeah. it. Like, we, we didn't wear one into American Eagle. Fine. But why did hospital waiting rooms? I just it's it's one of those things that I'll never no, understand. Right. Now that I've seen it the other way, and I'm like, we, we can't go back. We can't go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're back. right. You're right. I don't think that I would go to the doctor any, anymore without like bringing a mask. Because if I have to, yeah, sit there and if I have to sit and wait yeah. there beside other people, it's true. You don't know what they have. Yeah. And I just and we were all okay with that. <laughs> I just never thought about it. I know. I didn't either. And now I'm really, well, like, now it, it, I, I thought about it until, like, 4 o'clock in the morning yesterday. Um, anxiety's fun. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel so weird about that now. Like, right? Did I just uh, did I just blow open a part of your brain that you didn't know? Like, there was a door closed that you didn't know was yeah, closed? Yeah, I'm just going to, like, mm -hmm. shut that back up again. Oh, my I'll God. I'll deal with that off camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> Miller says, even chefs agree. I wonder if they should wear masks. Dude, it is so hot in those kitchens. I they would die. They would like the they sweat would, would drip out under their masks and into the food. I mean, I know they're probably putting up with it right now, but like, oh my god, yeah, 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 yeah. it's yeah that 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 would be brutal. That would not be fun. I will say, Torquilles brings up cleaning movie theaters in between movies is something that's kind of new. Yeah, we used to literally just pick up popcorn. Yeah. I I would love it if we actually cleaned movie theaters. Yep. As someone who worked in a movie theater for three and a half years, the things we did. Well, and, and, and the, the, the thing about movie theaters is that they're dark most of the time, that, like, the general public is in there, mm -hmm. so they could be filthy. And no, they, they are. Could, well, yeah. They are. No, they no, are. I, I can and tell you. And you can't really tell, because it's dark in there, and, like, ugh. Yeah. That's why, I like... There's a reason I do not have ice in my drinks at the movies anymore. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> wow. 
this took a weird direction. Um, what else do we got for you guys? We have... Assassin's Creed. Assassin's is Creed. Getting tele- we have a lot of video game related news today. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Um, because this is a... We, we game. We are gamers, y'all. We... Um, <clears throat> and I know... I know I talked earlier about how excited I am for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's 100% true. I mm. freaking love Valhalla. No, Muddles. The news is we're getting, um, this is not Valhalla news, this is television news. Television. Because we're getting a television show based on the Assassin's Creed franchise Mm -hmm. on Netflix. Yeah. Which, wow, they have so much material to work with. I don't need, like, where, Mm -hmm. are they going to start from Assassin's Creed 1? Like. I, I think. (laughs) Or do you think it'll be completely new? It'll be like the idea of Assassin's Creed, but like all new characters and stories. See, what I want, what I want, is for it to be, um, I want the present timeline to be consistent throughout the seasons, Mm -hmm. and I want each season to be a different era of history. Yeah. So, like, the first season is Ezio, is Ezio Auditore, Mm -hmm. the second season is whoever the next person was, because I don't remember who's after Ezio, um... And then, like, the third season is the pirate season, where they go to Black Flag time. And then the fourth season is... I, I would love to see... Um, and, and then you... But you anchor the show in your modern-day characters. Yeah. Just like the game has. You know, at, or, um, um, Desmond is the is the present-day main character through the first four Assassin's Creed's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you, you know, uh, you, you have that character be consistent through the 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 main the the present times mm-hmm. Altair was first then Ezio then Connor then Edward thank you since we um you, you so you have some consistency in the show mm-hmm. but it lets you every single season be like all right this is where we go to ancient Italy this is where we go to ancient this this is where we go to ancient this yeah because I think like the the movie didn't really work right there was there there was just it didn't really didn't hit the audience that it wanted to. Mm-hmm. Gamers weren't happy with it. Non-gamers didn't even really give it a, a shot. Yeah. And you had Michael Fassbender. Like, it's not like you didn't have talent behind that movie. You yeah. just... The interest wasn't really there. Yeah. I think, though, like, this would be such a fun and versatile idea because mm-hmm. you can go so many places with it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, we can see... We can see ancient Italy, Greece, Egypt... Um, we can see, like, Valhalla, we're getting, like, Vikings. Mm-hmm. You know, we can see something new, like, maybe, like, we'll see, like, early America and, like... Well, Assassin's Creed Three is the Revolutionary War. Oh, right, 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 yes. Or no, it's the Civil War. No, it's the Revolutionary War. It's the Revolutionary War. I lost my mind there for a second. <laughs> but stuff like that, and maybe, maybe it'll take us to, um, like, less well-known places mm-hmm. you know what i mean like smaller countries smaller areas of the world and um, i don't think it will do that no i, I mean i would <laughs> i would love that because i for me a, like a i know it's fictional mm-hmm. but i love seeing the history portion of it if that makes sense yeah the thing about like assassin's the- creed though in that sense is that this franchise has always made its plots about the like epic moments of history yeah and how the assassins were a part of it yeah and so if you were to go into moments that weren't as epic it, it i don't know that the um i, I don't Appeal. yeah i don't know well, well no and i just don't know that the plot would really function right because you right. don't really want to watch the assassins just kind of be around when nothing's going on right the fun of assassin's creed is like oh my god i am going to be an assassin literally working for george washington during the Revolutionary War. Like, yeah. that is a cool... That's a really, like, cool way to live through a moment in history that, like, I know about. Yeah. Um, you know, and, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, f- being a part of this, like, the this famous Spartan versus um, Athens war that really took place. Like, there, there's a historical accuracy to some elements of it. Yeah. Um, is, is what makes it really, really... You know, it takes it from being just a game where you're in a place in the past. Yeah. To being like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm a part of history. Yeah. And that's been the strength of the franchise. For sure. So, you know, I I, I think that when you're Ezio, you get to, like, meet Leonardo da Vinci. And he, like, makes weapons for you. Right. Because he's, like, this brilliant thinker. And yeah. so I want the show that's to keep... Cool. 
I want the show to keep having that element of it. Yeah. Because I, I, I want to... I, I don't need, necessarily need it to be all white history. You know what I mean? I think that there's definitely other places in the world to go. But I do want it to be a history that feels like I'm a part of something grander... Yeah. ...than something totally fictional. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. I want my history adjacent media. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, honestly, like, the pull of it for me is definitely... Like, it is fantasy, Mm -hmm. it is fantastical, but that, like, that history, that, that, like, that grounding in history, in a sense, like, is, I think, super interesting. Mm -hmm. Because I, like, you know, I I can tell myself that, like, that's not really how it went down, whatever, but there's something fun about it being dramatized, even though I know it's dramatized. Oh, absolutely, Um, But I still think that, like, they have so much to play with with this series, I just really hope they don't fuck it up. <laughs> um, Capture says a season with semi-modern history that we haven't seen in game yet would be really awesome as well. It would be interesting to see how the assassins would be a part of something like World War Two. Yeah. Or um. Or I don't know, Cold War. The Cold more recently. Yeah, the Cold War's tough though, right? Anything where the war was global is hard. Yeah. It's tough when you can't like it give it a physical location. World yeah. War Two, you can kind of you could make the game like the French countryside between um paris and germany mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you can make that the location of the game um although actually in a television show though you get around that you could do because you don't have to give your character a map to play on yeah. a television show could actually handle something like that better than i think a game necessarily could yeah because the these games like to have this open world rpg feel mm-hmm. um it's hard to bounce around to a bunch of locations totally but a tv show could bounce around to wherever they want that would actually be really interesting yeah yeah, I think that they have a lot to work with here. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm super like I I, I want to know more. I want to know what they think about story. I want to know who's gonna be in it. Like, because mm-hmm. we don't really sure. have a ton of information other. Well, than, I mean, like, it was just announced yesterday. Yeah, right? this is gonna happen, and we're like, uh, okay. I definitely think like I think that as far as the idea of it goes, I think that the television is a really smart idea for Assassin's Creed. It's actually yeah. what I was saying when they announced the movie, where I was like. How do you how do you how do you even begin to start explaining how Assassin's Creed works in like a two hour movie? In a two hour movie, like like there's there's no way you there's some concepts and I think a lot of video concepts video game concepts are like this. Like The Witcher, Witcher is hard to do in a movie. Yeah, it, it, Witcher's a lot to explain. Yeah, they went for that you know series and it did well. Maybe that's maybe that's why they're like going for Assassin's Creed. Is they're like, hey, we made The Witcher work. Although Witcher is books, Assassin's Creed is not. No, no, no. Assassin's Creed started as a video game series. Um, still. But, you know, I do think... I, I think that I think that this series has the potential to tell the story the way the movie kind of didn't really succeed at. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Just by virtue of you don't have to... Um, you don't have to explain it all in the first two hours. Like, you can kind of slow down a little bit. Yeah. And, like, you know... And you can, you can, <clears throat> you can uh, be selective with your information. Mm-hmm. Over, like, the seasons, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's always fun to play with, you know, or things that the audience knows the character doesn't know or vice versa, and, like, yeah, there's just, there's so much more you can do with a show that I think is going to benefit them. Yeah. Um, because there's some, there are some concepts that's, like, okay, you can put that in a two-hour movie. Yeah, yeah. And this is so large that, yeah, I, I never saw the movie, but I feel like it probably mm-hmm. did not do it justice, because how could you? Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. It's it's a really it, honestly. It's a it's. There's a reason Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a hundred hour game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you can't get through Assassin's Creed Odyssey in twenty hours. It's not possible. Yeah. Assassin's Creed Canada. When I need a plaid assassin's cloak. Oh my Mello, God. I'm sure if you go to Comic Con, you'll find something like that. Truly. <laughs> oh God. Um. Uh. Since we is saying the amazing thing to me is how young Assassin's Creed is, yet how big it blew up. I, I don't know if I agree with that, Sensei. I mean, at this point, it sort of feels like Assassin's Creed is one of those, like, staple video game franchises. Yeah. Because we have, what, 10 main series titles over 20 years? Like, it really... Assassin's Creed, at this point, is almost as, like, built into the the gaming culture as, like, a Modern Warfare or a... Um, I, any of those titles, really, like... What the only things that are older are games like Mario that had like Nintendo sixty four era, uh, PS one era games. Right. Um, 
I, I, I think at this point, you, you kind of have Assassin's Creed is like one of the pillars of the gaming community. Um, yeah, it's uh, like, I think it's a hugely, well, successful and popular game. Like, yeah. like I, I, I know a lot of people who love video games, but only have a handful of them mm-hmm. and usually have played or own on Assassin's Creed game, like at least one of them. Yeah. You know, like it does seem to kind of be a staple of like your gaming shelf. Yeah, and you know, it's a it's a franchise that's old enough at this point that I have given it up twice. Not given it up, but like I just like because like I played the first three, and then I was like, all right, the the Ezio trilogy's done. Maybe I'll check out the next one, and then I just didn't for a long time. And then I played Black Flag, and I got really into it again. Yeah, and I, um, I I kind of like backed away from it. And, uh, then, you know, I jumped into Odyssey and I jumped right back into this franchise and now Valhalla is like, oh, thank you so much for subscribing, Wargamester. Yes, we appreciate that. That's so pale. Good morning. That's so pale. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think Assassin's Creed has kind of cemented itself in, like, the culture of video gaming. Yeah. Um, especially in, like, the, the, the clothing of video gaming. I think that, like, the Assassin's Creed cloak. Yeah. That, like, that look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a big part of, like, kind of just, like, nerd culture. Like, yeah. Like, that, that look, that design. And, you know, maybe Assassin's Creed was inspired by something else. I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that, but, um... But they've really made that look theirs. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. <clears throat> Um, and Shin was saying that that's, that's what he means compared to their franchise, um, that have been 20 or 30 years yet Assassin's Creed rivals them all. Like that they're, you know, as far as sales goes, it certainly does. And I think Valhalla is going to, uh, continue that track record. Yeah. The hype for Valhalla is, is up there. Like, uh, I, I, I definitely noticed like people talk about it, you mm-hmm. know, and when the, like the trailer drops, it's exciting, you know, like yeah. it's definitely a big part of the gaming community right now. Well, especially your world, because I talk about it so much that like you're very aware of it. <laughs> truly, truly. David is very excited. Um, uh, Wargamester played Assassin's Creed in 2007 on PS3. Is that, is that when it came out? Is that the release year of the first Assassin's Creed? Have we had like 10 games in 13 years? <laughs> That's wild. They put out a lot of Assassin's Creed games. Um, yeah. And they're 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 hit or miss. Honestly, like there there are some that aren't great. Yeah. Um, and there are some that are truly amazing. Yeah, I think though that <clears> with <throat> like a long franchise like that, um, you know, you can really learn from your mistakes. And you know, like I think like I think Valhalla is gonna be great. I think Odyssey was pretty great. I didn't play it. I watched David play it though, and it looked really incredible. You know, and I think that's all you can ask. Sometimes sometimes you gotta fuck up so that you can make something better. Since we saying Assassin's Creed at first started as a sequel to Prince of Persia, The Two Thrones, but somewhere during development they switched gears and it became the oh. uh, first Assassin's Creed game. And what's really interesting about that, since we is that they, when was the last Prince of Persia movie? Like, they, or Prince of Persia game. There, there was one Prince of Persia movie, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, but, um... <laughs> Yikes. Uh, there, um, that, that's a real interesting, um, that's a real interesting shift of, like, we, we started this as a sequel for this other franchise, and then we became an infinitely more popular franchise. Yeah. Like, Assassin's Creed is a, just, just based on sales alone, infinitely more popular than Prince of Persia ever was, or ever will be. Yeah. I don't think Prince of Persia is going to make some huge comeback and dethrone Assassin's Creed. <gasps> yeah. <clears throat> and, um, oh, we're hearing in the chat, y'all, if you're interested in the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity game, uh, if you're looking for a demo to play, the demo is live now on the Nintendo eShop. Wow. So I might be playing that while Clara streams later today. That's definitely happening. Uh, so I can talk about it on the show tomorrow. It's, it's for work. It's for work. It's for work. I play video games for work. You know what I mean? <laughs> Technically, yes. Um, what's up, Rich Alpha Gaming? Welcome in. Welcome in. Um, I do want to bring up, uh, there have been some reports about um, the, um, the No Time to Die, the new Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like at one point they were talking about taking it to streaming during these COVID times, but they were asking, and this is insane to me, 
<clears throat> Sorry, um, my throat is dying. Um, at one point, they were asking between... I, I've, I've seen different figures, but they were asking between 600 and $800 million for exclusive streaming rights to the new Bond movie. Wait, so like Netflix would have to pay... Netflix would have to pay 600 to $800 million to have the new Bond movie. Yeah, no. So, so and here, here's where that number comes from, right? Their, their idea is that Bond movies typically make $800 million yeah. at the box office, a lot of which they give up to their distributors. You know, they don't keep all that money. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to say, this is what our, this is what usually would happen with this movie. It costs us 200 whatever million dollars to make. They've already sunk their marketing budget into it many times. They've yeah. already spent $150 million globally on marketing, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit less because they haven't done like a press tour or anything like that. But they've, I'm I'm willing to bet they've spent at least ninety million on marketing so far. Yeah. So they run into the thing where they're like, "Well, we've sunk almost four hundred million dollars into this movie. Yeah. And we have to profit off of it. We can't just sell it to you for what it cost us. Yeah. So in theaters, we we assume we would have made about this much because it's about what we made on the last movie. So if you want to be the and and this was an exclusive agreement for one year. For for its first year. You get exclusive streaming of the movie. We won't put out a DVD. We won't put out a Blu-ray for a year. It will only stream on your platform for 600 to 800 million. They, I think they started at 800 million and worked their way down to six. I am sorry, but what? Uh, what? Ha- no. <laughs> it's just, it's just, no, a, thank you. it's just a, no, it's, it's one of the like most insane <laughs> numbers I've ever hurt because like the the streaming service gets almost nothing out of that yeah right yeah people are already paying for netflix if they put it on netflix how many more people are gonna sign up just to see this movie no they're not like yeah so miller's saying they would have to pull in all new subscribers for the streaming service essentially what he means is for the streaming service to make that money the no time to die movie release would have to bring on its own would have to be enough of a perk to bring in <clears throat> enough subscribers that their subscriber costs would cover the cost of the movie, right? Yeah. That That's like, it's what? Like HBO Max is like 15 bucks. So if it went to HBO Max, it's a little bit less. But like if Disney Plus wanted to do that, for Disney Plus, it would be what six ninety nine. It would need you would need almost a like, hundred million people to subscribe to Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> for you that can, movie you, just no just no there's no I mean there's you, no world in which that works I mean you could do what they <clears throat> did with uh, Mulan and you pay f- additionally for it but even still like they would have to have so many yeah. people watch this movie like it just it no just no um, <laughs> Dio likes steamroller, steamrollers in the chat says Disney has FU money and you're yeah. not wrong Dio yeah um, they just don't have FU money right now well yeah I'm, well they don't I mean look at the news uh, they're not making it right now they probably still have but you know Disney they're okay Dis, they're, Disney is very aware of their financial situation right now yeah they laid off a, almost their entire equity um, the, theatrical cast yesterday and it's it's really tragic. Like the Hoopty Doo musical review, which is a ridiculous name, I know. But the Hoopty Doo. But it's very fun. It's very fun, and it's the longest running dinner theater in the country. Yeah. Um, the Hoopty Doo musical review has been running for like forty years. Yeah. And they fired their cast yesterday. The Finding Nemo musical in Disney World fired their cast yesterday. Like every single, as far as I know, every single Equity cast has been laid off. Yeah. And so I just don't. They have a few money, but they don't have $600 million to waste. Yeah, which, and you know what, like, uh, judging from what I've seen from the new Bond trailers, I wasn't super hyped for it anyways. I am. Okay. I was kind of like, I, am. Eh. I think I think it's going to be great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very hyped I for it. I don't know. I don't think Disney Plus is the right place for it. No, that's the thing. Disney, yeah. like... Disney Plus is not the right platform for a James Bond movie. If it was going to... Miller says, you know, Netflix has never done that before, though. People would be upset. Netflix has never done what? Like, you pay for the specific movie. Oh, they've never done... Oh, additional pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, they've bought movies and premiered them on their service a lot. Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. just never done it that way. Yeah. Um, the, the, the real interesting thing here is that um, you, it's, it's the first time we've seen these kind of numbers come out about a movie this size mm-hmm. in relation to streaming, right? Like, when you think about Mulan... The thirty dollars price tag. We didn't. We didn't really have a conversation about how much money Mulan had to make for it to make money on Disney Plus. Right. We never had that conversation. We always talked about it on the consumer end. Yeah. And so when you're looking at the other end, I would say Mulan is a similarly priced film to the new James Bond. Uh yeah. And yeah. so you end up in this situation where, I you end up in this situation where for Mulan probably had to make a similar amount of money, six hundred ish million dollars, to see the kind of profit that Disney would be happy with. Because um, I'm willing to bet Mulan would have made $900 million in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think pretty handily, I think it would have made that kind of money. Uh, just because, based wow. <laughs> on based on the trajectory of these live-action remakes, um, I, based on reviews, I don't think it would have done as well as uh, Lion King or um, w- one of the higher-tier ones. Beauty and the Beast obviously made all the money in the world. Lion King was terrible. Um, but I think it would have been a middle-tier one as far as box office returns globally. Yeah. Although it didn't do well in China, so who knows. Um, but w- when you look at the Disney Plus numbers, it really puts into perspective that like they needed to make $600 million. And so when you need to make $600 million, asking people for $30 to watch it, not per person, per account, it doesn't seem as crazy anymore. Yeah. Because you're like, oh yeah, like you have to make so much money for these movies to work. Yeah. And, you know, it's why they, yeah, it's their margins are razor thin. Like, there are movies that come out that have to make $600 million to not lose money. Yeah, which is wild. And that's insane. <laughs> yeah. That, like, and those are numbers that are just very hard for me to conceptualize. Mm-hmm. Like, that much money. Like, how much is that worth? Like, that, like I, I, you know, I don't have anything to compare that against. And so when you throw these huge numbers out, I'm like, holy cow, but... That's what these companies work with. Well, and the other problem with these streaming sites right now is that unless you're Netflix, you can't make the kind of money that you need. Like, so say HBO Max um, were to have bought this Bond movie, right? And they were like, HBO Max is the only place you can watch Bond for the first year. No time to die. Only no time to die. You run into this really weird issue where HBO Max, we're in Canada. We are an hour and a half drive from the border we can't get hbo max where we are yeah we cannot watch any hbo max production yeah because hbo max only exists in the united states because of rights issues that they're working out and they're hoping to expand it in summer of 2021 yeah so if they were to take that 600 million dollar deal and they were to put a bond on their platform Mm -hmm. they run into this issue where they cannot pick up a global audience from it yeah I think that picking up a Bond movie, it would it, they would take that deal if they could launch it day one with their UK service. I think if they were launching HBO Max in the UK tomorrow, mm. they would go, HBO Max is coming to the UK tomorrow, and it's the only place where you can watch James Bond. They would get every single household in the UK. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But because they're not a global streaming service, because they're a single country streaming service, and yes, it is the biggest country for these companies. It's it's the largest market for these companies because you can't get into China. It's for any of these streaming services that are locked to the United States right now. It is not a viable financial decision to bring in something this large. Yeah. Especially when you're already sinking so much money into the Snyder television series, Justice League. Um, I, I refuse to call it the Snyder Cut. I will never again call it the Snyder Cut. It is the Snyder Show. Yeah. And... Yeah, it is It is no longer the Snyder Cut. It is now a brand new thing that they're making. But that cost them $40 million. Yeah. Whereas this, like, $600 million is yeah. is, is insane. Um, and so I just... I don't think that there's a way for these streaming services, until they expand globally to compete with like a Netflix can sink $200 million into a movie Mm -hmm. because they have a billion subscribers globally and the movie's going to get watched in 47 countries. Yeah. HBO Max has the United States and that is it. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure that they are working their butts off to try to expand because that's, that's the only, that's the only way they're going to be able to keep uh, competing. But um, Hero of Wind in our chat brought up the Demon Slayer movie the, that's playing in Japan right now. Mm-hmm. And I do quickly want to talk about that. We only have a few minutes left here. 
Um, we're actually have 37 seconds left, but, um, uh, I want to bring that up because it is, it is actually a really cool story. There's this, uh, animated movie in, that came out in Japan recently. Yeah. Uh, I think last weekend or the weekend before. And, um, it is, despite being in COVID times, and this is, this is a positive story. We're moving forward in the world, right? Because despite being in COVID times, this Demon Slayer movie is the number one opening weekend in Japan of all time. Like money wise? Yeah, it's Japan's, and it's uh, of any movie, of any movie, uh, Western, um, any Marvel movie, Demon Slayer is the number one uh, opening weekend for any Jap- any movie released in Japanese cinemas. Um, wow. Yeah, because they've got, they've got their numbers in control, the movie theaters are open, yeah. and um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool to see a movie be able to make a record in 2020 yeah and not not like a like not like a bullshit one you know no no a real record they were the only movie it opened (laughs) it opened bigger than any movie pre-pandemic wow yeah wow maybe people are just like itching for some new stuff they want to get out and like i don't know that's that's great news yeah, it is. That makes me happy. It's really nice to see a country um, that has its, you know, situation under control. Mm-hmm. Uh, put out a movie, and it's it's awesome to see it succeed. I'm really excited to see things do well right now. Yeah, we need it, more of doing well. The Chinese box office is crushing it. Um, you know, I think three of the top ten movies globally right now are Chinese releases, and it's all money made solely in China. So, you know, nice. the Chinese movie theaters are open to 75% capacity right now. And so even 75. As, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Even as we talk about the struggles in making Western movies, it is nice to see that across the seas, you know, things are starting to turn. People are getting their shit together. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you get, if you get your cases under control and you mm-hmm. take care of the situation, the Japanese culture, uh, movie culture and the Chinese movie culture are showing us that there is a way for us to start to get back to normal. Yeah. And I think it's positive just to have that like, the, the vision of a way forward. Yeah, yeah. It's not that doom and gloom of like, our movie theater is going to exist? Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, like, this is this is a good sign. <laughs> it is a good sign. And honestly, I'm, I'm really happy to see it. Yeah. Um, and I want to see this Demon Slayer movie now. I know. I, I, I got to know what the hype is about. Yeah, I, I hopefully it'll come to Canada soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, apparently there's an anime, according to our chat, that uh, it's, the, it's the continuation of, and the anime is very good. So gotcha, we might have gotcha. to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, y'all, start plugging. It's the end of the show. Start plugging. Yeah, plug things. This is this is this is our wrap up for the show. Thank you guys for being here. I mean, we you guys already know most of you. We do this Monday to Friday, ten a.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. Um, this is made possible by our patrons. Um, so first of all, thank you to all of you who are our patrons. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it means the world to us. Um, if you're not a patron and you want to help support in that way, it starts as low as $1 a month all mm-hmm. the way up to, um, there's, there's different tiers which get you different things such as patron only discord, movie night watch along, cosplay material, early access, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so please feel free to check that out. Thank you, Dagon, for putting that link in the chat. Um, today's episode, if you joined late, you missed it, um, you can see it later on our YouTube or download it as a podcast. Pretty much wherever. Wherever, wherever podcasts are downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also are going to be streaming today, both of us. Uh, you're streaming at 1? Yeah. I, and I may start a little bit early because I have a hard out. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm playing D&D tonight with the lovely Cappy Archer. Um, and Matt, actually. Um, but we are also playing uh, D&D on stream on Friday. Mm-hmm. That's over at twitch.tv slash theplaymat. Um, so yeah. we are very excited for that. Come hang out with us, play D&D with Justan, Matt, uh, and Cappy Santa. Archer and the Playmat in the chat right there. And Fantaxia will yeah. be our daughter. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's gonna be something. Um, I will also be streaming tonight. Uh, so if you want to come by, I'm going to be playing Alien Isolation starting at 6 p.m. tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we are going to, um... We're going to be continuing to play through that game. I'm hoping to beat the whole game this week. So come watch me freak out when the alien murders me 97,000 times. There were some great moments from you playing the first part of the game. Yeah. So like, don't, yeah. yeah. I'm a jumpy, I'm a jumpy girl. Um, me too. You can follow us across the internet. The link was there. Link tr.ee slash nerdy nightly has all of our links. So you have access to everything. 
And um, yeah, thank you so much for being here this morning. We we love doing this. We're we're so happy to uh, to be doing this with y'all. Yeah. And we're just excited to see you tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern, here on the Nerdy Nightly for another episode. Yep. Um, David is uh, very close to hitting his sub goal. I am. Yeah. So if he gets a few more subscriptions, um, he will have to play some horror VR on Saturday. I will. Yeah. Um, I have to play 30 minutes of Horror VR on Saturday on uh, twitch.tv slash Clars to Karis. I've decided I'm going to be playing Phasmophobia. (laughs) This might be a terrible decision, uh, but we already have the game and... It's really fun. I love Phasmophobia. I'm not excited. I'm not excited. Well, Um, and if I hit my sub goal, you might end up actually having to do an hour. Why? Because you said you're going to do a half hour on each channel. That's so, true. If David hits his sub goal, I'm doing half hour on my channel and half an hour on this the Nerdy Nightly channel. I'm so excited! Halloween's gonna be a blast, y'all. Um, and uh, you know, th- there's a lot going on on Twitch on Halloween, so uh, enjoy it. Uh, it's gonna be a big day because we can't go outside and do normal Halloween stuff. So let's hang out with our friends online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is what we do every day. Yeah, pretty much. I love it. Um, all right, folks. Uh, as we always say here. Do something nerdy tonight. Bye-bye.